Welcome to the Absolute Fit Show, episode two. Today, I thought it was necessary to tell you a little bit more about me and where I come from and what I do and why I do the things that I do. So I'm basically just going to tell you my life story. And if you're interested, you're interested. And if you're not, I don't really give a shit. Don't listen. So let's start from the top and when I first joined the gym. Now, I explained on the last episode why I first joined um, first joined the gym and the, re- the reason why I first walked into a gym. And in this episode, I'm going to carry it on a little bit more. And I'm just going to sort of explain the experiences that I had and the reasons why I trained and how it led on to it being my career now and why I'm sat here talking to you on a Wednesday night telling you all about it. So I started going to the gym in about 2005 and my main goals were to lose weight and to just get a little bit of a better rig on me. I had a couple of years of eating and uh, some underage drinking and not really looking after my body because until I reached about 16, 17, my metabolism allowed me to eat and do whatever I wanted and stay extremely, extremely scrawny and thin. Uh, But that all stopped when I sort of hit 16 and started piling on quite a lot of weight. So I decided to go to the gym and lose it all. My main splits were, I would go into the gym and I would do about two to three sets of bicep curls, go on a few machines, do a load of abs, and then go and sit in the sauna for an hour and a half with my mates and then get on my little moped and bike home via McDonald's drive-thru and that's what I did for a couple of years I never really took it that seriously I just something that I did because my mates did it and it got to the point where I thought that I was pretty fit I thought I was pretty fit and I was going to be joining the Navy. I made this decision to join the Navy in 2008. I had to wait a couple of years before I could join. So actually it was 2007, 2007 I first sort of made that decision. And I wasn't as fit as I thought I was. And the entry requirements weren't even that high. Uh, I had to run and I had to I had to do a mile and a half or something a certain amount of time and there was things that I had to do and that, you know I I just about scraped by and so it was time for me to start getting a little bit fitter ready for when I was joining off I mean it was not like I was joining the bloody SBS or anything I was joining the Navy as a medic so that, you know the standard didn't have to be that high um, but you know it's still I still trained for it anyway and that's what kind of sent me into the next level of looking after my body and getting me a little bit more prepared and enjoying fitness and to a certain extent enjoying eating better food as well I started to eat a little bit better food when I did join the navy and it was a bit of a culture shock I'd always been you know just around my friends and stuff for most of my life and once I passed out and I went to go do my medical training, I was the only Navy person there, right, surrounded by five Royal Marines who weren't new. They'd all been in for 
quite a few years and they kind of they kind of took me under their wing a little bit and I started doing fitness with it. Obviously, I mean I was I was absolute dog shit compared with them. They were like running me down and they were outlifting me by like huge percentages and stuff and it, you know but it was a massive massive learning curve for me to train at a sort of intensity that they were used to training at whether it was just in the gym or whether it was going out for a run you know it really really inspired me and that was the kind of the catalyst for me really really getting into fitness and making it more of an obsession than just something that I did I say obsession I I use that term loosely actually because you know it wasn't an obsession it was just something that I found that I got a lot of joy out of and so I did it a lot as the years kind of went on and you know my career in the navy was coming to an end you know as I was never going to be the guy that was in for a long time. Uh, I I had other things that I wanted to do. And when I left the Navy, I had a couple of choices. I'd managed to go and I'd done a couple of my fitness qualifications whilst in the Navy. And I was using them to, you know, teach a couple of classes and liaise with PTI and, and the PTIs and the rehab specialists from a medical point of view. And when I was leaving the Navy, I kind of, I remember sitting on the stairs uh, when we were living in Gibraltar with my wife and, you know, I was thinking about leaving and I I said to her, like, what, what should I do? Should I become a plumber? Should I become an electrician? And the thought never really passed my mind to go into the fitness industry because everybody assumed, including myself, that... I was going to stay in the medical world and, you know, train and go and work in the NHS or do something private. But I was kind of done with that. I was kind of done with that sort of that time in my life. I didn't really want to be involved in the medical world that much anymore. But at the same time, I didn't really want to go and do a trade or anything like that. I wanted to do something that I was passionate about. And what I've just said to me, she was like, why don't you why don't you just carry on your qualifications and do what you need to do to build a fitness business or, you know, work within the fitness industry. And I didn't think I could do it. And the reason I didn't think I could do it was because at that sort of time, we're talking like 2015, Instagram was, you know, for Instagram first came out in like 2011, 2012. And by 2015, it really hit its stride. And the algorithm had just changed or it was changing. So that everything that I saw from the fitness industry was people that were ripped, people that were massive, people that didn't look like me. Yeah? And in my head, these were the people that were getting all of the getting all the attention and these are the people that were going to make money in the fitness industry not somebody like me you know and so I sort of you know I sort of said no I don't think I'm going to be able to do that I don't think I'm that guy I don't you know I've not got, I've got enough rig on me I've not got you know I don't really know what I'm talking about I don't really know what I'm doing and um, you know obviously imposter syndrome because I'd already had these other qualifications I already had strength and conditioning level one and two I'd already been training people 
little bits and bobs since 2014. So, it, you know, I did have that, but it's that imposter syndrome of going out into the big wide world and doing it on your own without, without the military was the big thing for me. But with the support from my family, uh, I went and I went and did it and went and started to educate myself a little bit further. And yeah, left the Navy and actually went straight into not where I thought I was going to go, went into gym management before actually coaching people on the outside because yeah, I just sort of I just kind of fell into it. <laughs> I don't really know how it happened or what happened, but it was a it was a brand new gym, wasn't even open. And I inquired about it and I was going to go in as an instructor. And the more I became attached to it, the more involved I got until I ended up as uh, one of the managers there. And it was awesome. I learned a lot about the fitness industry in a very short space of time. Things that I think that <clears throat> I, I do, I think that every coach should have some management experience or go and do a gym manager's job because then you'll have a little bit more respect and a little bit more be a little bit more switched on about what actually happens in a gym and how a gym is run because it is difficult yeah it is difficult I try to do both I try to have clients and run a gym at the same time and it's it's pretty much impossible because you you're getting pulled in all different directions so I had to make a choice and it was quite a, it was quite a hard choice for me because I really I was proud of you know what we'd done with that gym me and me and the other managers and it was it was really really it's really good what we what we'd done but I had to I had to make the decision because my actual calling that I felt was actually to train people that's what I really really enjoyed doing so I became head trainer of that gym and then started taking on a heavier um, client load and really, really started to hit my stride when I was um, living and working in Gibraltar, and it was awesome. I had some awesome clients, and I was really, really enjoying myself, and I learned so much. And I will just say that I wasn't going to put this into this podcast, but I've been thinking about it, actually, and I may as well just just go off on a little bit of a, a tangent at the moment and just say that from a coaching perspective, I, as a PT we are in a really, really good position, a a lot better position than other people because we get to rub shoulders with people that have got two really distinctive things that they've achieved in their life. One, mindset. They've already got that mindset to be in the gym and they've got that mindset that they want to learn more, okay? And two, they've got the expendable income to spend money on a PT at the prices that we charge. So those two things together normally mean that they're pretty successful. So PTs get to rub shoulders quite a lot with successful people. And I've always thought that, you know, I want to try and be, you know, I always want to learn and, you know, for want of a better saying, always want to be like the the dumbest person in the room because then you're always going to learn from the people that are around you. And I find that with PT and my clients now as well, you know, always learning from them. I'm obviously teaching them things about fitness and about their bodies, but they're teaching me things about 
life and about business. So this is why I think a lot of PTs uh, are successful in business because they're always learning from their clients. So when you're, if you're a PT or, or a coach or whatever, always listen to what your clients are telling you because most of the time they want you to succeed as well. Anyway, I'll get back to, I'll get back to my story. Um, where was I? Ah, yes. Teaching in, uh, coaching in Gibraltar. And I was having an awesome time. It was brilliant. It was great. And then we decided, me and my wife, that we would have a baby. So we, um, we got pregnant, my wife got pregnant, and we had the baby in Gibraltar. And my wife really, and me, me and my wife, we wanted to go back to the UK because we wanted we wanted our daughter to be around family a little bit more. And it can be difficult when you're living away from, you know, your kind of larger family. So we both wanted to go back, but I never knew the, I never knew that what would happen would happen. We went back and I thought I was just going to easily be able to regrow my coaching business in the UK as easily, I say as easily, but, uh, you know, I thought I'd be able to do it as I'd done it in Jib and it just wasn't the case. I just could not get my foot in in the in the fitness industry in the uk no matter how hard i tried um in between things like covid happening and having a newborn and saving up for a mortgage not being able to take the risks that i took when i left the navy because when i left the navy i had a lot of savings and uh, now all the savings were going towards getting a mortgage in the uk and so i didn't actually i didn't actually have an a one-on-one in-person training business for a couple of years because I was working in a factory I just had online clients and this this had a pretty big impact on me because I love you know my calling my my job is as a coach as a PT and it's what I love doing and so it put put me in a bit of a bad place for a bit and it took a couple of years for me to actually drag myself out and to put myself into a position with the support from my wife and my family to actually contact gyms and actually say, look, I want to, you know, I'm a coach. Um, Can I PT out of your gym? Can I train out of your gym? And can I bring clients in? And then from there, that steady, uh, that steady pick me up of, of building a business again. And it is really difficult because it, one of is confidence I didn't think I didn't think I was good enough to do it again, even though I'd done it before. And I really, I didn't know if I if I still had it in me. And it is difficult. I mean, I had to, as I was, I was PT and I was teaching classes during the day, and then working a night shift as a night porter in a hotel. And I did that for about six months just to make sure that we could, you know, get by while I built up my business and that has kind of led me to where we are now I've been I've built it up and I've been doing it again full-time now for about a year and a half and absolutely loving it 
So I just thought I'd use this episode to tell you a little bit about my story from a, a fitness perspective and from a career perspective, just so you guys have got a general idea of the person that is talking to you and, you know, trying to figure out what's going on in the fitness industry. Uh, I hope you got something out of this episode and I'll see you in episode three.